The gospel reading for today is from Luke. It's chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. It'll be found on page 45 in the New Testament section of your Pew Bible. Now every year his parents, Jesus' parents, went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of the travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. We celebrate the written word of Scripture. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Let us pray. Gracious God, please open our hearts and open our minds. And let my words not be my own, but be yours for your message for your people. Amen. Home is where your heart is. There's no place like home. Home is where love resides. Memories are created. Friends always belong and laughter never ends. People travel the world in search of what they need and return home to find it. A man's home is his castle, until the queen arrives. (laughs) That one's my favorite. A house is built with boards and beams. A home is built with love and dreams. Please remove shoes. That one doesn't quite fit in, does it? See, in the original Greek text for the Luke passage today, the word house isn't actually there. No word is. Some translations, it's more common in older translations, such as King James, instead of saying, I'm in my father's house, have Jesus respond, I am about my father's business. But home is actually being to be more and more used, and it's more common in the recent translations. It's, it's a really tricky situation for translators to try to find, fill, find this English word that best fits the context of the original, because there's no word actually to translate there. Now, while business technically fits, You could say Jesus was doing God's work. It sounds very impersonal and kind of detached to us today. When I hear about my father's business, it makes me think like Jesus is some errand boy set on a short-term task. Yet what he's actually doing in this passage is completely different. It's quite a bit more than that. Now, it's important to know that whenever the... um, Scripture starts off with them attending the Passover festival, that only men were actually required to attend Passover. 
the fact that the verse specifically points out that his mother went with him um, and, Jesus, and Jesus went, so they were a family of great faith, and they were individuals of great faith, because Jesus was 12. He was still a child, not yet a man. Now, when Luke writes that they went up as usual, that they went up every year, this is establishing them as good people, a good family, a good Jewish family, the sort of people that you want to be. So in the scripture, Passover occurs. People travel to the temple from all over for this glorious holiday and feast. You know, it sounds a little like a couple of days ago, doesn't it? A lot of people traveling, everyone coming together, people you haven't seen all year come back. Sounds a little bit like Christmas. The only difference is that whenever everything was done, whenever the service was over, the feasting was done, Jesus didn't go home. He stayed behind. This is the equivalent of one of you coming up to Joanne at 12.05 Christmas morning, right after the midnight Christmas Eve service is over, and saying, hey, can we just hang around for a few days and talk theology? (laughs) I'm guessing no one did that. But that's just a guess. Now, keep in mind that Jesus is 12 when he does this. 12. And we know this wasn't common because the caravan of travelers left. There wasn't a contingent that stayed behind. There wasn't a lot of people staying behind. When Mary and Joseph went searching for Jesus, it was three days. And there's only a one-day journey. So they at least spent two days going around the city, and they didn't even think to check the temple. So we can't say, well, back then they were more religious, because I don't think that excuse really flies. This is something kind of different going on. Can you imagine Mary and Joseph's emotions? Imagine that you're making your annual trip for Passover in a big caravan of friends, new and old, and probably some family as well. You head back when everyone else does. Hey, it's over. And you don't see your son at first, but he's probably just playing with the other children. He's made this a trip 11 times before. He knows what to do. He's a good kid. There's nothing to worry about. The caravan stops for the evening. Fires are made and food's being prepared when they start looking for their son. They were probably the first people to ask, have you found Jesus? It's okay to laugh, that's fine. (laughs) You know, they're probably thinking, what's happened? Is he lost? Is he dead? Now there's nothing else they can do. They're distraught parents, so they go back to the city and try to find their son. When Mary and Joseph finally find Jesus, it's been three days Imagine losing your child for three days. Imagine not being with your parents for three days in a strange city that you've only been to once a year. And when they find him, of all the places he could be, he's sitting in the temple among the teachers, listening and asking questions. Now, I want to point out that too often this passage is interpreted or viewed as Jesus somehow rebelling against Judaism and reinterpreting the laws, which he does later, but not right now. That's not what this is. Um, Some people say as Jesus is arguing with the teachers, it's a learning type. It's listening and asking. It's give and take. It's more like a a seminar type class in a college where it's very involved. It's not a lecture style. So this isn't Jesus rebelling or changing anything. This is quite the opposite. Jesus is actually doing everything he can. He even stays behind to learn more, to learn more about his God, to learn more about his creator, his parent, to learn more about the religion that he wants to be so desperately a part of. Now, all this time, Mary and Joseph have been tirelessly searching for Jesus. I would imagine they're searching all the places that kids would have liked to hang out, the equivalent of today's malls, movie theaters, and bowling alleys. 
Well, they're exasperated. And finally, they go, well, I don't know where else he could be. I guess we'll check the temple. Now, fair warning, I usually don't condone reprimanding Jesus. But let's just say I can understand where they're coming from on this one. And Jesus responds to their questioning with, why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Now, my personal translation, which is quite a bit looser, I will admit, would be something along these lines. Of course I'm here, silly. You know who I am. I have to do this. Being here is where I have to be. I'm home. Have you ever tried defining the word home? What makes a place a home? You might be thinking family. That's what first sprung to my mind. But there are many people who live alone that still live in their home. Maybe it's love, memories, safety, comfort, peace, the freedom to be yourself, the ability to learn, to be engaged, to chase your passions, to work on hobbies. Maybe home is a little bit of all these things. Jesus went to his God's house to learn, to grow, to mature. He established relationships in a safe place. He was pursuing his vocation. Now, while Jesus was obviously in the temple, not a Christian church, I think any place where the word is proclaimed and alive is a house of God. Our church right here is God's home. And God's home is also our home. In 1 Peter, in the scripture that Joanne read earlier, we're called to be like living stones, built into a spiritual house. But we are not called to become a house in today's understanding. We're not simply a physical structure. We're not called to morph into a place. Because four walls don't make a home. Four walls do not make a church. If this beautiful building became abandoned, it would no longer be a church. The word would not be proclaimed. The community would not be served. God's love would not be shared. Yet if one Sunday we met and happened to worship in a park or on a street corner, that would be a church. Because we are here today to worship God, but we're also here for each other. Tim Shapiro writes about our purpose as a congregation, as a community of faith, in the magazine Congregation, saying, The primary purpose of congregations is to help human beings grow into a more mature, more deeply human existence. Congregations contribute to mature human existence by creating the opportunity for adherents to develop dispositions of trust. See, we're here today to help and love one another, to help each other to learn, to grow, to mature, to establish relationships in a safe place, perhaps even pursue our vocations. We don't need a building to do that for each other. For remember in Matthew 18, 20, Jesus says, for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. See, it's not about location. That can't be what the house and the home thing is about. It's about intent. Now imagine for a second that all the churchgoers in this country acted the way in the world, the way they do out there, the way they do in church. 
What if the thought behind holding a door open for a stranger after service also applied while on the highway? What if passing of the peace didn't only apply to Sunday mornings? Would we be more willing to help those in need? Would angry words come slower and a welcoming smile a little quicker? A 2008 survey of adults who don't attend church, not even on holidays, found that 72% thought the church is, I quote, full of hypocrites, but that 78% would be willing to listen to someone who wanted to share their beliefs about Christianity. At the same time, 72% of those surveyed said they believe God exists. This survey by Lifeway Research is one of many that agree. Christians are commonly seen to be hypocrites. Now, what if people acted all the time like they do in church? See, to me, that's kind of a funny question, because where even just two or three of us gather, Christ is there. And if you ask me personally, I think it only takes one. See, we are called to be living stones, to be a home for God, ourselves, and one another. We're always the living stones. We're always the home. We're always at church. Now, I know we are simply one community here. But I also know that everything starts somewhere. And even the smallest action can create a domino effect of kindness and love. See, we're called here to be each other's family. Not just to everyone in here, but also everyone out there, all directions. For every life, that God's created and put on this earth. It's of infinite value. And together we form a home with enough space for everybody. A home full of love, memories, safety, comfort, peace, the freedom to be yourself, the ability to learn, to be engaged, to chase your passions, and to work on hobbies. See, we have traveled the world far and wide searching for what we need, but we were already home to find it. 